It's time for a special six-year podcast anniversary special with a very special friend. I'm sure you've seen the title, Gary Tonin. Gary with two R's. Longtime friend of the podcast. He and Raph, I don't have time to explain it. This podcast is brought to you by our best friends. What's under your gi? I'm not asking in a creepy way. I'm asking in a concerned friend way. Are you protecting yourself with engineered, engineered genius? That's what North South Jiu-Jitsu underwear is. You need to get it. You need to go to their website right now at NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Free shipping on orders over $80. That is the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> but whatever. I get it. The spirit of unity. Also, please go with nutrition that's not a guess, but that's proven. ProvenNutrition.com. Get the core drink. Love the packaging. Rely on the enhanced performance. Enter Kevin 10 in. Wrap 10. Tis the season to go enjoy your favorite jujitsu products. Now, please enjoy a discussion with Gary Tim. Time for a special anniversary edition of Verbal Tap. So we, well, what we wanted to do was talk about the best grappler finish in an MMA cage this weekend to prove fighting way easier from outside the cage. Um, but Donald Cerrone wasn't available. So we thought we'd bring on a super special guest, Gary with two R's, Tonin, and you can steal that nickname moving forward. Raph, this is your your best work yet. You got him fresh after mm-hmm. another Asian beating. I don't know how to say it politely. I don't, I don't think wow. we want to call it that. I think hashtag I'll, I'll workshop it. Really I'll workshop it. Thing. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a side, Rep. <laughs> you brought in the G-Tones. Rep, how are you doing this evening before I can hear uh, him I'm, driving? Well, I'm doing and great. I'm and I want to keep him from talking for as long as possible because I feel like that's what people come here for is to hear us banter and Gary wait in a car to be uh, acknowledged. So Gary, uh, before we ask you how you're He's doing on a tight time window too, it's like, I'm going to do a solid two more minutes. <laughs> Gary, before we ask you how you're doing, were you given a call from your mother regarding this podcast? Uh, it's possible. I don't know why. So your mom saw a streaming. She definitely called me today, and she, but I didn't answer because I was sleeping. What a valid excuse. So your mom happened to be watching a live broadcast that we were doing of uh, the Kasai. So we were trying to make it more interesting, and we were failing miserably because it was a rough one. But your mom says, you know, wish Gordon was on here. And I go, yeah, whatever. And then I mentioned, I was like, by the way, if Gary doesn't come on our show first, he's dead to me. And she goes, Mama Bear will make it happen. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> she has that power sometimes. She does. Anyway, Gary, well, first off, congratulations. That was an impressive victory. Um, before we get to talking about that, remember that time that Danaher was telling me that they were trying to set you up with Donald Cerrone for a grappling match? What, doesn't that seem way more yes. fun now before Conor McGregor can make that happen? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think it, it was Yeah, it was supposed to happen a long time ago. I don't know what, what fell through, if it was the organization or if he didn't want to do it or whatever. I'm not really sure. I mean, 
the hard part is now he has to defend the fact that he's got the most submission finishes in all of the UFC. And really? you've shown up three times in one FC fighting. So, you know, I mean, well, like, those, those stats are almost exactly the same. You're a scant 15 <laughs> victories away, is what we're saying. Have, yeah, yeah. Have you, you know, grappled with I him got before? A bit of a way to go. Have you done any no, training? No, no, I've never even met, I've never even met him before. Okay. I'm just. The closest I've ever, ever, I ever came to meeting him was going into a, uh, was going into a shop in Texas and buying cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. That was about as close as I've ever gotten to meeting Cerrone. And it wasn't Texas, it was South Jersey, and it was called <laughs> Rhode Island Drag, but whatever, we'll let the details of the story slide to maintain well, your MMA rep. The other thing of note that we should probably ask you about is, I saw one thing that perked your interest, because it seems like you're going to have a little bit of downtime before your next fight, but it seemed that there was one person whose rumored return back to the grappling scene was enough to make you interested to say, hey, that sounds like a fun super fight or match to have. Do you happen to know who that person that I'm talking about is? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Uh, it just popped up on my news feed that Marcelo gave an interview saying that he'd be interested in coming back and doing uh, grappling matches, maybe with Kasai or something. You know, so, I mean, that's definitely something I'd be interested in. I don't know, like, what kind of matches he's looking to take if he wants to take, just uh, compete with old school guys or what, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely something huge, you know. Um, I, I'm really, like, if I'm going to be taking grappling matches and it's going to take time away from MMA, like, I want to make sure that it's, like, something huge. And, uh, you know, that definitely fits the bill. Yeah, I, I was very proud that you wasted absolutely no time throwing your name in first because I know the rest <laughs> of us in the grappling community thought, man, that's a really cool get. And that would be really fun to see him come back to, to grappling competition. And I was talking with Jonathan yeah. Satava yesterday, and he seemed to be signaling. He was like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but it's looking probable that he wants to come back. So yeah. I think the question that we have, Kevin, is what do we need to do to make this happen? Are there rule sets you would reject if you said no heel hooks? You'd be fine, I assume. Like advantages only? Is that a problem oh, God, for that'd you? That would be awesome. <laughs> Hold on. I want to see that. I don't know, man. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's Marcelo, so like... You know, uh, it's it's hard to like turn down any match with him. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like whatever the whatever the rules are going would be like, I'd be like pretty open to like whatever because I mean just to have the opportunity to have the matches is enough for me. I'm happy. Take, I'd be happy with that. You know. Takedowns and butt touches only. Gary Tonin is in. Yeah. You heard it here first because right now <laughs> we're as the closest thing you are to grappling. I mean, outside of your performance, which obviously, <laughs> obviously we'll talk about. But that's, that's true. that is just a fantastic fight. Rap te- messaged me about this because I had heard none of it. I just assumed you were going to be continuing to beat up, I don't know, a Taiwanese person next. But in this particular instance, it was like, Holy shit, you versus Marcelo, because, uh, you know, similar games, at least the way I see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did we lose him to a tunnel? Gary. Yeah. Cool. We, do you mind repeating yeah. what you said? Because I think you went through a, a New Jersey tree or a concrete tunnel. A time warp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just said, yeah, he's got a very, uh, you know, similar game in the sense of he's got, like, really good guillotines, uh, great back attacks, 
um, good arm drags and things like that. So it's a pretty cool, uh, cool matchup for sure. All right. Well, he's talking guillotines, Kev. I think it's time we transition to <laughs> this whole little fight that he won. Ow. Gary, we're very proud of you. You know, it's kind <laughs> of rough for us to watch this match because you were bitching earlier today or over the weekend, and you go, I can't believe I'm not getting enough credit for not falling or not drop kicking throughout my entire fight. And as I was doing live play by play at four in the goddamn morning on a work night, by the way. Uh, I definitely <laughs> noted at least twice. I was like, well, you know, Gary's looking sharper. And by sharper, I mean he hasn't fallen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just felt like I needed way more credit for that. <laughs> because, you know, that was a pretty major mistake in the first two fights. So, yeah. Blew a I huge, really well, okay, huge lost, theory. Even if I lost, and that was the only thing I accomplished while losing was not falling during high kicks, <laughs> I feel like that should have been the most emphasized thing. Like, even if I got brutally KO'd, I think everybody should have been like, well, at least you didn't fall during the high kicks. That's fair. It's okay. a massive disappointment to me because I thought you were trying mm-hmm. to do the Mortal Kombat um, <laughs> kick, <laughs> kick, kick thing, and you were like, I'm going to fucking drill yeah. this till it goes. So to Just see bicycle kicking through the air. Yes. So <laughs> to see that you only fell one time, pundits have called it a takedown, whatever. Y- your ass at the <laughs> mat. Uh super bummed. But at least, you know, yeah, you stayed yeah. upright. D- did, so any kicks? I'm looking at hold on, I'm watching the tape again. I gotta go back to round one. Yeah. I gotta go to well, as you were watching that the the question I have for you is, Gary, what does it feel like to be the Harry Potter of MMA and grappling. Because Dude, so when they said that out loud, I was dying. I didn't I didn't hear the commentary yet. Like I've only watched the fight with no sound on. So uh I, I I just hearing the things that people had to say about the commentary and apparently he said some pretty wild stuff. So uh Harry Potter was I was grappling with one of them. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. What the it, it, does that mean? He called him, yeah, yeah. He called him the Harry Potter of grappling, which means he's some sort of wizard. But I think they were trying to make oh. the analogy that <laughs> uh, you had a John Danaher who was your uh, Dumbledore, and I said this is the most convoluted analogy I think I've ever heard in my entire like like Danaher at the very least is a Snape at best. <laughs> But at most accurate, he's like the Voldemort that's like actually telling yeah. you yeah. to come to the dark side. But I was just like, yeah, I definitely, I, just, I definitely give him more Voldemort for sure. I just couldn't help myself and thinking like this is a professional fight, and these people are talking like this about you, and to you, you're probably <laughs> waiting to go home and go like, well, let's see them compliment. Oh Jesus! So yeah, it's probably good you haven't heard it. Gary, no, we couldn't Harry. release. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't release the fact that you had a match and you and I ran into each other uh, at Quintet very quickly and you had told me that you had a match like in the works and it looked like it was very promising. But the problem was the Quintet was maybe about, what, five weeks, four weeks before the actual fight. So they still weren't announcing it to almost two and a half, three weeks out. Uh, yes, yes. Why, why do they do it like that? Because Dude, does that make no it idea. more nerve-wracking for you that you might slip up and accidentally say you're fighting when they don't announce it yet? I pretty much just gave up on that. And then, like, in person, I'll just tell anybody when I'm fighting and who I'm fighting. 
and then I just <laughs> never release it on an actual broadcast because sure. I just I just feel like at a certain point it's like somebody's gonna find out anyway. It's like no matter how hard I try to stop telling, like if you tell me eight weeks out who I'm fighting and when I'm fighting, it's like people are gonna be asking me questions about when they need to travel and like where they need to go and interviews and all these things. It's like there's no way it's not going to get out. So I just gave up. I just tell people, and then I'm just like, yeah, don't post it anywhere. So that usually works out pretty well. I was just hoping that all the way up to maybe, like, weigh-ins, you have to go, what fight? Who? <laughs> me? Fighting? It's like, Gary, you're in the middle of a weight cut with me, Dude, your coach. I'm helping you do this. Honestly, sometimes sometimes it, get, it got farther than it did this time. Like, this time, I think they gave us the most notice out of any other fight that we were allowed to like promote it and everything. You know, I think they gave me like, there was like maybe three weeks this time, but most of the time they gave me like one or two weeks tops. Yeah. And I mean, the last time you had to kind of recover a little bit. So what was the hand like? Cause I know that, uh, coming back from one of your last fights, you needed a little recovery time there. Was it, uh, a process or did it just heal naturally did you have some sort of wolverine steroids that you're taking that one just kind of <laughs> gives out of its way like wh what happened on that realm no uh that took a long time yeah like i really wasn't my hand wasn't really fully healed even in the second fight i wouldn't say uh it was pretty close um but i i didn't re-injure it in the second fight i didn't re-injure it in this fight or anything like that um so it's been progressively getting better it's to the point where i don't really feel it Occasionally, if I hit really hard, I just kind of feel like a weird sensation in my right hand, but it's not uh, it's not like a problem for me anymore. It doesn't stop me from doing anything. It doesn't feel injured, so, you know, that's the good news. Um, I don't really have any, any long-term injuries after this fight except for the, uh, the cut underneath the eye, so I have like, I think it's like three stitches in the cut. I'm going to use weird right hand sensation as a band name. I'm just going to call that for the record. <laughs> in this fight, you're using a little bit more. I'm trying to figure out what the word is because I'm not a stand-up person at all. But you looked a little bit more comfortable moving side to side, and you were using it to do some leg kicks. Talk to me about strategy and just comfort-wise. Do you feel like you're starting? Because you look a little bit more like you do when you're grappling. Just a little more side yeah, to side, yeah. a little who gives a fuck. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, I definitely felt more comfortable. Um, I, I don't know if that was a factor of, uh, you know, just nerves before the fight or whatever the case may be or just me doing this longer or my skill development. You know, it's probably a combination of all those things. Um, in terms of strategy, like, I feel like strategically in terms of striking, there, there's not, it's not like I've really changed too much in terms of, like, my strategy. It's just that I'm getting better at implementing it, I think. Um, you know, like you said, you know, we focus a lot on in and out and side to side movement. I think, uh, there was a small period of this fight where I like stopped level changing, um, which is our third, uh, plane of movement that we kind of work off of, which, which got me caught with, uh, particularly the punch that, uh, cut my face. So, um, I could do a little bit better with that, but I think overall, like in terms of movement quality, I agree with you, like, you know, side to side in and out and uh, level changing was, was pretty on point for this fight comparative to the other fights. Um, definitely got a lot better at that. Um, there was a couple times where I, you know, was moving a little uh, a little uh, off balance and inconsistent, but I, I think uh, compared to the other ones, it was like miles ahead. I'm not sure that's always bad, though, in MMA, right? That's kind of the fun in terms of 
some unpredictability, which current fighters are employing as a massive strategy. Then does something snap in your brain? You took him down in the first round and didn't have a ton of trouble keeping him there until he kind of back tattooed his massive back tattoo on the spider, by the way, until he sort of (laughs) back tattooed his way out. What pulls in the trigger that you're like, I'm going to take this guy down and submit him now? Because it does seem like Um, you're doing it consciously. Yeah, so the first round, the reason I took him down was because I felt like I was getting hit more than I should. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take him down and just kind of like, uh, I don't know if I necessarily after the takedown was like, oh, man, I got to keep this guy down or anything. It just clicked in my head like, ah, oh, I'm taking a little bit too much damage. He's coming forward on me. I should probably shoot for a takedown because uh, I want to mix things up and not just stay in the standing position the whole time. Um, but the second round, after, after the first round, they were, you know, Again, this is all, like, brand-new experiences to me. There's, like, 16 people, it felt like, and I'm sure that's a gross exaggeration, just staring at my face, the cut that I had on my face. And, like, I don't know, that freaked me out. I was like, oh, man, is it really, like, it didn't feel that bad. <laughs> you know, they're all looking at this cut like it's, like, like a terrible thing. So I was like, I don't know, man. You know, they're, they're letting me move into the second round. That's fine, but... If this gets any worse, I don't know if I should, like, chance it. I should probably, like, try to end the fight as quick as possible. So it's the moment I felt him, I, I, get, I think he threw another right hand that hit me in the cut, and then it, I started to feel blood trickle down. The moment that that happened, um, I just said, like, oh, man, I want to finish this ASAP. I don't want any chance. Like, to lose a fight because of a cut, like, I, I would have probably hated myself forever. So... I was just like, yeah, there's definitely, this definitely needs to be finished. So I just took him down right away. Uh, I set, I, I'm using this new uh, uh, takedown setup that I used against him. Um, I think both takedowns, I did something pretty similar. Uh, but that one was even more clean. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, just look for the first submission opportunity I found, which was a guillotine, and, you know, that was a wrap. To your defense, Were you there's at like all... eight people, Raph. I am counting. There's a hefty amount That's of people fair. around him for, for what looks like a, a baby. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? There's way too many... It was, it, it was, it was way too many people for that, I felt like. A little One of the ring girls found her way in, and she was just like, <laughs> yeah. Gary, you it's really like, you need to end this soon. Right <laughs> uh, Gary, I mean, were you at all kind of myth that you had to have the cut uh, uh, like underneath your eye in a sense that you wanted to show you were still striking more because you apologize afterwards and you said you would have loved to have kept things going, but you're like, once the cut happens, I got to go. Sorry, guys. I got to play my old greatest hits. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, man. I really did want to like continue striking. I, I would have loved to try to pick somebody apart and, you know, uh, knock somebody out on the feet because it seemed like he was going to let me do it. You know, he wasn't really forcing the action on the ground too much. Um, like I'd seen him do in his previous fights. So, you know, I could have gotten like three legit rounds in the standing position had I not got cut. No, I mean, uh, like I said, uh, there was a nice noted amount of improvement all over. And we joke about the kicks, but I thought your kicks were, were much cleaner. You looked way more confident throwing them. And, you know, it was kind of a shame in a sense where I'm like, ugh, guillotine, boring. Um, the joke I obviously <laughs> did. Was I was like, uh, this opponent, Kit Dale, and I all have something in common. We all know what it's like to be on the receiving end of one of Gary Tonin's guillotines. And I guess it was not really a problem to me in that sense until I realized one thing. Kev, did you come to the same conspiracy theory that I had? Um, that 
Sung Jong Lee is actually Nikki Ryan in disguise? Because no, <laughs> probably I did not come to that yeah. decision. Gary Gary would love the opportunity to catch some hands on uh, young Nikki Ryan uh, to terminate <laughs> or stop him from becoming better than him. No, the real conspiracy theory I had here was this: wasn't it a little convenient, Gary, that you got a guillotine when John Danaher has a guillotine instructional on BJJ fanatics? <laughs> oh. I just can't help but think to myself, especially when they have an email ready to go before the fight's even finished. (laughs) It just says, check this out. 30% off right now for you fans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dude, I mean, we got to show John that support, man. We got to back up these CDs. Collusion. (laughs) This is Pure oh, yeah. and collusion. Yeah. This What's is this next one that came out. I guess you guys should be looking for a Kimura the next time because I'm pretty sure the Kimura DVD <laughs> coming out soon. And Gary would have you believe he's driving to Rutgers right now. He's headed to Mar-a-Lago for the People That Scam Other Fucking People Convention, hosted by <laughs> the one and only. And I, I did not know that. It's, it's actually one big pyramid scheme. The whole thing, me fighting in one championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you oh, didn't man. do a lot of you didn't do a lot of help selling out that uh, you know enter leg lock system when you couldn't finish your last opponent via leg locks. Here's yeah, the best I know. part, though. I, know. I really dropped the ball there. <laughs> well, I believe that gentleman later was saying as well, and this is after he we interviewed you and you said, yeah, it was pretty close. And he had an interview later where he just goes, nah, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't anything problematic. And all I could remember in my head as I'm reading that article was you saying, yeah, I definitely heard his knee ripping apart, but okay. <laughs> no, I mean, he acknowledged it. Like he, uh, I, I saw him post somewhere too. I don't know where it was that, uh, you know, he took some ankle damage. He didn't say it was like severe. Like, I mean, I don't know how severe the ankle damage was. I never really feel like, I always feel like twisted ankles are kind of BS injuries. Like, like what, what's the first thing you see when somebody, like, twists their ankle? They're walking around on crutches for weeks. And it's like, are you serious? Like, you stepped off a curb the wrong way, and you're walking around on crutches? Like, grow a pair. <laughs> Put a brace on and walk and limp like a normal person. Aren't you young? What's that? Still, aren't you young? I'm just, I was walking up the steps the other day, and I don't want to get into details, but it's cold. <laughs> I hit the step the wrong way, and I swear to God. You know what? It's not important. It's not important. Go ahead. Make your point about uh, why old people are weak. Listen, it's a, it's like the same thing you see in every zombie movie. Oh, you know, you're, you're getting chased by a, a man-eating creature, and, uh, oh, yeah, you stepped the wrong way, and now all of a sudden you can no longer run. That is not real life. Yeah. Like, any any person that slightly twists their ankle while something's trying to eat them is going to continue running, no problem. But, Your uh, Honor, kind of- I'd like to point out that the defense <laughs> has cited the use of zombie movies that and zombie right. television. <laughs> I, I was about to go a different direction. I was going to be like, you know what upsets me? When people start bleeding just because they get punched in the face. It's like, stop <laughs> having weak skin, you Mary. <laughs> Toughen up. <laughs> suck in the blood like a king man would <laughs> but i have business to tend to before okay i'm staring at a picture right after the win it's the the twins of one fc again they're holding oh, yeah. a tiny fucking briefcase last time you were here i said what's in the briefcase you said what briefcase it's like oh okay <laughs> well the one they were holding 
This time I ask okay. you again, what's in the fucking briefcase? <laughs> I assume the medals that they pull out. I don't know. Is that where they got them from or no? Did, did you I get a medal? <laughs> I don't see a medal. Yeah, I got like a little. You know, what, you know what the best part about those medals is? is they weigh like, they're like at least 15 pounds. Like they're so heavy, <laughs> unnecessarily so. Like it's just, it's like a tablet. There's no way that's when it's in it then. Just doing a quick forensics, there's no way this girl would be able to hold that so casually. But I'm staring. <laughs> I'm watching. I don't know, man. You got to have to pay better attention to what's going on with the briefcase. I, I need an insider. <laughs> Could you there. tell a coach or something? Could you be like, there is a briefcase. There's evidence. I mean, watch your fights. They're holding a little case yeah, after your I, victory. I, I, I still have never seen the briefcase. Though. I'm going to strike a yeah. deal with you. If there's $10,000 in that briefcase and your dumbass has left three behind per victory, <laughs> we split the wages when you finally realize it exists. It is your fight Kevin, bonus. Kevin, to, yeah, to I'm his actually defense. supposed to be taking those briefcase. And I just forget every time. <laughs> to his defense, one, look at him. Number two... Gary's never really grown up on game shows the way you and I have, which is you always take what's in the briefcase. Like, we've seen enough episodes of Deal or No Deal to know there might be a double or nothing inside one of those briefcases. And they're like, his dumbass keeps taking the medal. Can you believe it? <laughs> he just keeps taking it. <laughs> I don't so, think that's okay. what that is. But, I, right. I, I was interested in those as a real question because I'm always intrigued to know – is your corner, all nine of them, are they telling you in between, hey, Gary, end this? Are they saying, hey, what adjustments you need to make? <clears throat> or are they just kind of like, you know, yeah, the cut there looks okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's nothing. Like, what are what are Danaher, what is DeBlast telling you? Is he giving you a motivational poem in the middle, in between rounds? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, I think, I think like, Tom's perspective it would probably be that he just wanted me to end the fight for sure. Um, I think that – I think I, honestly, I think all of them, if they had their way, would just have me, like, finish the fight as soon as possible. Uh, I don't – I think it probably puts them all on edge that I'm trying to do some things that, like, you know, I'm obviously not that used to. Um, but, you know, I need to do it for my development. At least that's how I feel. Um, so I asked John after the first round, you know, him and he gave me his advice, which I think was to level change more. Um, and I was just like, hey, do you feel comfortable with me, you know, continuing to stay standing into the second round? Are things going well? And he's like, yeah, things are going well. So I kept going, and uh, and then I got cut, and I, that changed. But, you know, well, cut worse, I should say. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, things did seem to work itself nicely. It was just... Uh, it was an interesting uh, evolution in your development. And the nice part is the way that they had seemed to be kind of having you go back to back. The fact that we now have a potential for a drought. Uh, I mean, are you looking at ADCC timelines with this at that point? When Especially 1FC is kind of like, hey, Gary, we'd love you to do this. And you go, does it have to be August, September? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm not really sure um, what they're going to be doing. Somebody just asked me to do something, um, but I wasn't able to do it because I had some other plans for a seminar or something like that. But it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything major anyway. So otherwise, I probably would have shifted my plans around. 
because that's the thing, like, again, like, if I'm going to take a match, I'm not just going to take a grappling match to take a grappling match. Like, it's got to mean something. Like I said, it's got to be something important that uh, makes sense to grapple. So I'm definitely down to do it, you know, to, like, around, let's see, the fight would be, you know, they told me I was going to be in New Japan, so that would be, like, around, I think it's the 31st of March. So realistically, anything up until, like, late January, maybe real early February, I could take. But after that, I, I probably can't do it. We so shall, if anybody's got Kev, something going on, I mean, sign me well, up. We shall flash me out, the Kev. Gary symbol. We will put it in the uh, air. Gary seeming to signal Super Bowl because that's around the timeline when he says he has to go ahead and show back. How about we create a halftime anything, like a halftime grappling match? How many that members of Maroon 5 can Gary submit? I'm in on that game. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to watch him heel hook Adam Levine two seconds into the fucking I mean, show. I'm I'm just doing the math right it. now, and I realize that most guys will not be watching the halftime of this year's Super Bowl. So they're going to want their da, eyes to go da, somewhere da, da, else. Da. <laughs> um, did you see the petition? Like the petition to get them to not do Oh, you shared it. You saw I the petition. It, yes. <laughs> that's how they. That's good. Just go sign that petition. Not sponsored by this podcast. Go do it. Yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> get, Gary the, like get Gary on. Get Gary on. <laughs> the halftime show is is what this year. The halftime show this year is Maroon Five in Atlanta. And the article oh, wow. in Atlanta, so that makes sense. And the article that's, that uh, uh, Kevin is alluding to <laughs> is that two hundred and fifty thousand people have said that Maroon Five should remove themselves from the halftime show. And I said, you know, I would sign that, but I don't really care if they perform at the halftime. I just think it's a waste. But I would just sign it just to let them know how super garbage their music is, uh, period. <laughs> but I'm just saying as counter-programming, years ago the WWE, then the WWF did this. Before them, In Living Color had a huge rating. I'm just saying, Gary, with your timeline, if you had a smart person who could put things together and they are scarce in jiu-jitsu – uh, you could you can make a big thing out of that. So I'm just saying, guys. But Gary, you know, we we talked out uh, Donald Cerrone and how that's probably not going to happen, especially if he wins the Conor McGregor lottery. We talked about Marcelo Garcia, but is there anybody who interests you? Like who moves that needle for you? Because if you don't say it, somebody else will. And it, I don't know yeah. that I really want to see you taking on uh, Willis from uh, Georgia. Uh, you know, if I have all things <laughs> yeah. considered one no, shot in the match. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of names that would definitely move that dial. It's not like uh, it's not like I'm restricted to only the names that I'm, like, going to come up with off the top of my head. Um, but particularly, um, Dobby Ramos has always been one that I've been looking forward to. Um, I think, obviously, if Crone ever decided to come out of retirement from either fighting or grappling, and uh, maybe that could happen. That would be pretty cool because um, that'd be big. Heard he's not doing it um, just to really spite like, you. I don't know that, but I, that's just what I heard. Like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he just I'm hates sure. you. It seems like, at this point, it seems like it, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't know what happened with that. He just kind of like, there was there was an MMA career, and then it just it's not happening anymore. I don't know. You know that phrasing, you never go full flat earth? There was a sign that <laughs> oh, yeah, happened wait. that once he went flat earth, we never heard from him again. Somebody uh, somebody made a suggestion that instead of having a match, that we promote a debate between me and Crone 
about flat Earth. Oh my God! I would so I think, produce the I think fuck we out of that. Do that. Holy fuck! We're doing that for the I'll Super Bowl. I'll do that. Like I'll if he's it. willing to, That's if he's all. willing to do it, I'm in. Scary's like for free. Like everybody's in. I've got a lot of text. We're going to be fine. <laughs> this is great. Uh, you and Davi would be, be awesome. a great match. You and Marcelo would be my 2018. That's what I need. That's what's been missing yeah, from my yeah, grappling life. I would love that. Uh, there's yeah. So like you know, pretty much anybody that's yeah you know, that that's been uh, like medaled in ADCC or something like that. And I'm not just reserving it to that. It could be like a high level fighter or something too. But it's just got to be something that you know means something to the grappling world. It's just like you said, you know. I fight so and so from you know South Carolina, and it's like who cares, you know? So we care, Gary, with two R's. We care. <laughs> you won your last fight. You are now three and zero, and it pains us to say, but appear to be improving, uh, which means we will semi see you retire from the grappling circuit unless those names come up. But this is an exciting time in terms of what's next in training. Anyone you want to plug, obviously we know your gym, Danaher, Death Kittens. You should change it this year. Just add kittens and see how people <laughs> feel kittens. about it. Throw it yeah, by the team. <laughs> Let us know. We'll make some shirts. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll enjoy that. Anyone um, else you need to thank? Yeah, yeah just uh, you know, sponsors. Um, you know, uh, Muscle Farms always, uh, always been there, and uh, – Studio 540, Chimera Coffee. I think I'm going to go head down to the Dominican Republic with those guys um, for a few days down in December, so that should be fun. Um, never been out that way. Um, and uh, Armbar Soap Company uh, helps us out. And uh, that uh, Naked Chef meal prep was uh, was helping me make the weight for this, which, by the way, uh, how, mu- how much do you guys think I weigh right now? 178. I weighed in at 155. I weighed in at 155 for the fight. So, what do you think? I yeah, I'm right scared. Now? I'm scared that Gary's like close to my weight right now. So, uh, I'm a little worried. I would say Kevin went 170. I'd go 177. Yeah, 185. Nice try, though, boy. Ooh. Oh, you can wow, fight Anderson Silva. <laughs> you can fight Anderson Silva. This is great. No, <laughs> this is fine. Kevin, this is I this eat, is fantastic. He's heavier so than I am right now. <laughs> I've been eating so hard. Guys, like, it was, it was, it, like, wasn't normal weight, though, that I was able to gain. Like, because I gained so much weight so fast, I just, like, ballooned up. Like, my whole body's swollen. Like, I have, like, edema (laughs) in my legs and shit. Like, my my skin is tight. Like, it's not normal. It's not okay. Like, you gained 30 pounds in a course of less than a week. Yeah, you went through a tough breakup, my friend. (laughs) That's that's a lot of ice cream nights, correct? That's that's unhinged. It's been nonstop eating. What's been, did you do one of those like four-piece cakes from from the Harris Teeter? What did you just, do? What's been everything, like? Man. Awesome. But but Gary, today I, this is two, just... today I had two breakfast sandwiches, um, a couple protein bars, um, some sushi. Uh, then I was I was doing some errand and I got some Cold Stone. Um, wait, wait! Yeah. You just oh, were yeah. doing some errand and you accidentally fell into Cold no Stone. No one accidentally gets Cold Stone in Jeez. November. It uh, is it's a right delicate. From where I buy the rats for my snake. So. Oh God! There's not a piece of that sentence <laughs> I, mean, I don't need dissected. Gary, oh my God! I didn't know we... about the snake rap. How did I not know about the snake? <laughs> 
I don't. There was know. so much more I could have made fun of him for on this podcast. Oh, next time. I started to get ready to <laughs> let you save. go, Gary. I Control guess save. The, the main question I have for you is at what point do we stage the intervention? You need to tell us what moment we're supposed to step back in because right now you're my weight and that makes me concerned for your health <laughs> Gary, and your future. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a poem yeah, about how your I, weight affects me. If I approach, me. start approaching 190, I, I need a phone call. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost Thanksgiving, my uh, man. The heaviest I've ever been in my life was like 192, I think. Oh. And that was the, after the, I cut to 155 twice in a row. And uh, I did the same thing that I did this time, just ballooned up right afterwards. I'm starting to notice a pattern here. I'm just saying, if you really, really want to be scared from the possibility of an intervention, just imagine the following words. John Danaher starting a sentence that says, Gary, I love you, but I think it's time that we talk about your future. That's (laughs) going to be the moment. Well, yeah. do you know you're no longer allowed to go to Five Guys? You need to go teach at Rutgers. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting outside of my car right now, about to walk in. All right, and it's not grappling people. He's teaching philosophy 101 this year. It's exciting <laughs> yeah. investiture yeah. into the Russian perspective. <laughs> Gary, with I'm two give, R's, I'm actually going to give them diet tips today. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you for coming by the podcast once again to talk victory. Oh yeah, and. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...